0: another episode. Before I get to that though, I wanna pause and say thank you to my most recent patron, Anne Burkhart. Girl, I love you so much. Your support, I know I'm a broken record, but means the world to me. Also, Joe's right. You do not need a man at this point in your life. Don't worry about it, girl. God is gonna send you the right person in his time, and in his way, so you don't even have to worry about it. Not that you do, but just because Joe's advice is so good and it needs to be shared. So, <laughs> to everyone waiting on and wondering about their future husband, wife, vocation, etc. Don't you worry about it. God has got a plan for you and you're gonna be all right because he's got you. Okay, that was kind of random, but something I wanted to share and shout out. And seriously, Ann I love you, girl. And thank you for becoming a patron. Speaking of patrons, I am currently at 28. <laughs> so exciting. Thank you to each and every person who has decided to support Joy and Hope in this way. Y'all are the absolute best and a true godsend. So thank you so much for that. If you have not chosen to become a patron of Joy and Hope, however, please see the link below for how to do so. I am hoping to have 50 patrons on Patreon by May 31st, which is, according to my handy dandy calendar, in less than one to three weeks. So three weeks... What's 50 minus 28? Don't judge me, 22? Yes. Three weeks, 22 patrons, one mission. And what is that mission, you ask? It is to bring light to the dark by creating content that uplifts and inspires people to live happier, holier lives. So if that sounds like good news to you, please join in this mission support us here at joy and hope through patreon it is what allows me to continue giving my life to god in this way thank you to all of you who have chosen to support if you are interested in learning more please see the link below also I am hoping to hit 1,000 subscribers on YouTube by May 31st as well. So please, if you have not subscribed yet, hit that subscribe button. I won't be offended if you don't watch every single video, but hitting 1,000 subscribers would be amazing because it would allow me hopefully to apply for this channel to start monetizing or making money so that I could make some income in that way as well. So it only takes a few seconds of your time, I would really appreciate that subscription. And if you don't want to miss out on any material, make sure you hit the little notification bell next to it so that whether it's on Mondays when I normally release videos or on a different day of the week, such as Saturdays, which this month, if you missed out on that, I'm doing a special five part series on the rosary. I last sat, or two days ago, so this past Saturday, I uploaded a video on the joyful mysteries of the rosary. Shout out to my friend, Teresa, for helping me with that. Please make sure to check that out and hit that subscribe button and notification bell so you don't miss out on any material, whether it's Monday or otherwise, when I drop it. All of that having been said, let's go ahead and get started, shall we? In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, Amen. Todes, tuis, Maria, ego, sum. I am totally yours, Mary. So, just like last week's episode was not a dig on Dairy Queen, this episode is not a dig on the Star Wars franchise. I personally love the Star Wars franchise. Have I seen all of the movies? No. Are you free to judge me for that? Yes. However, I do want to make a... Disclaimer from the very beginning. This is not a dig on Star Wars. I love Star Wars I am planning with Disney plus whoop whoop to see all the movies. I've missed out on however It is a play on words because the most recent film was the rise of Skywalker which broke everyone's heart who saw it But we're not going to talk about that right now (laughs) I want to talk about how the Lord kind of like how in the Star Wars movie, it's like, it was the rise of Skywalker, how the rise of joy and hope came to be. And the only claim I have for why it's better than the most recent Star Wars movie slash any Star Wars movie slash any movie ever that's that's fictional and not based on a true story is because this story is real. And whenever you're tempted to watch a movie and think something along the lines of, my life doesn't look like that and therefore it has no meaning or worth, I want you to pause and realize that the movie you're watching is likely fictional. <laughs> Even if you're watching a movie based on its true story, your life still has meaning, it still has worth, and especially if you're watching just like a rom-com or some sci-fi action movie, your story matters so much more than that because you are actually real and God's providence in your life is a reality and there is nothing greater than that which is to glorify God by your life i've gotten the question a lot lately though how did joy and hope come to be and how has it gotten to the point where it's at now so i thought i would dedicate this week's episode to answering that question Even though the full-length story would be more like three hours long, like a Star Wars film, I'll try to be brief and hit the highlights maybe in just half an hour. But it's a good story. Not just because it's real, but hmm, I'm biased. But I think it's pretty great because it just shows how good God is. And I hope in my sharing this testimony with you you will be assured of God's goodness in your life and how maybe it will make you look back on the past few months, past year, past 10 years of your life and be like, wow, it was not a waste after all. Like the Lord had me and this mission in mind the entire time and I just didn't know it then. That's my hope. So let's get started. Yeah, my story actually does start 10 years ago, but it doesn't stay there. So this part will be very brief. I realized lately that about this time 10 years ago, I, as a Catholic, made my confirmation, which often takes place in eighth grade. It does in the Archdiocese of St. Louis currently. And leading up to that event, that sacrament and the reception of it, I was blessed to go on two different retreats leading up to my confirmation, both of which were transformative for my faith life. They are truly what I credit my falling in love with God to, as well as after the second retreat, being invited to become a part of the local youth group. And having that faith family was so pivotal for me and it really did help me fall in love with God and realize that a personal relationship with Jesus Christ was a thing and something that I desperately wanted for my life. I wanted, I so longed for the joy that emanated from all of these young people I was meeting at my youth group at retreats because they were so genuinely passionate and zealous for the Lord and I wanted that. So I kept going. I kept experiencing retreats and seeking out mission trips and things like that to further my faith. So fast forward <laughs> several years and I'm going off to college. And at that point in my life, I had no idea what what God wanted for me. I went into college undecided. I am a big believer in, if you're able to, I know some people, they just, it's not financially possible, but I'm a big believer in, even if you don't know what you want to do, which is the wrong question. We should always be asking the Lord, what do you want of me? Um, but if you don't know what that is, and you're 18, one, you're normal. Two, it is so pivotal to go and experience different things like in college and take different classes because if your reason for not going to college is because you don't know What the plan is, or what, like, you want to do, or what God's asking you to do, that's so okay. But, like, for me, it took going off to college and taking several years to try out different classes and different majors before finding where my purpose was. So That was my experience, that was me in college. It wasn't even until second semester of junior year that I actually declared my major in theology and stuck with that major. And I ended up getting minors in education and psychology as well. I have always enjoyed, one, learning about the faith, (laughs) my faith shirt on, but also, I love people and I love learning about how people work and why we do the things we do and how we grow and how we develop and how we learn. So I really enjoyed all of those classes. But like I said, (laughs) it took several years for me to figure that out. And if you want to hear more about that section of the story, I have already done three videos a while back on college. So feel free to check those out. If I had to guess, I think it's like episode 18, 19, 20 maybe, but it's it was the episodes called Calming College Qualms. So wherever those are. Anywho, as I was graduating college, I actually thought the Lord was calling me to religious life. And long story short, <laughs> as I've shared before, I think like, I don't think that's what God wants of me anymore. But at the time, I was so sure, so sure that my second semester senior year of college, I didn't even look for jobs. I didn't look for places to live. I was so sure that I was called to be a sister that it was just going to work out. And it turns out whenever I moved back home after college and was planning on entering with a particular religious community, they called me and they were like, We don't think this is God's timing for you. Like, take a year and see where he leads. Well, at that point, I felt very much called to be a middle school teacher, which is an opportunity the Lord opened for me about a week after I got that call from the sisters. Well, (laughs) I, yeah, spent all last year as a teacher and had so many people tell me, like, why why is this not it? Like, why literally last night for Mother's Day I was at my mom's house and like she and my grandma made the comment and they were like yeah and you because one of my students parents had commented on Facebook and was just being really sweet and saying like you're awesome and like you did such a great job as a teacher and I was sharing that with my family because I was like look how sweet this is and they were looking at me like "Mm -hmm," and you still don't think you're called to be a teacher and I was like no because God told me, like after I was teaching last year, so a brief story, yeah, tangent here. After I was a teacher, I mean, I loved it, I really did. And I could see how God was using me. I could see a huge part of discernment, um, according to St. Ignatius of Loyola, fun fact is like staying with the fruit. Like, you know, it's God's will when you say yes to something and God brings so much good out of that situation. For example, when I became a teacher and you could see how God was transforming my life, you could see how like my students were growing closer to God because of the things that he was having me teach them. Like there was a lot of fruit that was being born in that situation. So I truly thought I was called to stay and teaching. I had signed a contract and everything for the following school year. Like I didn't even think about it. I was just like, yeah, why would I leave? Look at all of this good stuff that's happening. And on divine mercy Sunday of 2019, I was at mass and I just still so firmly felt like the Lord was telling me, Morgan, I'm not finished with you yet. Like I am finished with you teaching, but you're not finished like discerning religious life. And that is honestly what made me decide to leave my teaching position because there was, there was this unanswered question on my heart and I thought that the answer was religious life. So last May, I left the school at the end of the year, applied to be a missionary with the same religious community I had tried to enter with, but they were like, we're not going to get back with you until July because that's when uh, applications like end for this missionary experience. So like we want to be fair to everybody else and let them like apply up to that point. And I was like, okay, that's fair. So in the meantime, I just waited and I just trusted. And all last summer, it was just like, I feel like this is what I'm supposed to be doing, Lord, just letting go and letting you lead through this. And I kid you guys not, (laughs) last July, it was actually, God is so good. And he really works through our blessed mother. So it was last July, the feast of Our Lady of Mount Carmel, July 16th. I was at mass when we could all still go to mass. I was in mass and afterward just really felt like the Lord was convicting me saying, Morgan, you need to address your fears. And I was like, What? what are you talking about? I like tell you about my fears all the time. And I just felt like he was telling me, no, you don't like you push away all of these questions and concerns and like worries and everything because you feel guilty for thinking them. And instead you push them aside and you just insist, like, Jesus, I trust in you. Like your plan above everything else. Like just shove all the anxiety over here rather than offer it all to you and give it up. I'm just going to like shove it down, try to forget about it and trust you. Like, you know, (sighs) bad decision. So I was like, okay, God, fine. I will tell you all of my fears. And you guys, it was crazy. I journaled for hours that day in adoration, and there were so many things that I was writing that shocked me. Not only was I writing like, I'm scared to be a sister. Like I'm scared to give my life to you away. I'm I'm scared to give my life away to you like that God. I'm scared that you're not going to be enough. I'm scared that I'm going to be lonely. I'm scared of blah, 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 all these things. But more than that, you guys, I started writing while I was scared of marriage. And I was like, God, I'm scared that my husband will leave me. I'm scared that my husband will cheat on me. I'm scared that my husband will die. I'm scared of having to wait like 10 years before I meet my husband. I'm scared that I will die in childbirth. I'm scared of childbirth. I've never desired to like give birth. Like that sounds awful. Like I'm scared to get fat. I'm scared to be pregnant. I'm scared something will go wrong and my baby will die. I'm scared that after my baby's born, like my baby will die. Like, oh my gosh, I was just writing out all of these things. And after I was done, it was just like this huge weight had been lifted off of my chest. And only after I was honest and got all of those things out before God, I was like, okay, God, now I can make acts of trust because I've been honest with you. So I went through all of the things and I was like, Lord, I trust that if you want me to be a sister, you will be enough. I trust that you alone are the source of my joy and that you alone will make me happy, whether in religious life or marriage. I trust that you will provide a husband for me if I'm supposed to get married and that it will be a beautiful marriage and that no matter what happens, it's going to be okay. Like it was so freeing you guys. And it was crazy because later that same week, so mind you, i had never heard back from the religious community that I applied to at this point, but I was visiting a different religious community. And this community was a, um, community up in St. Louis of semi cloistered nuns. So not totally cloistered, but semi cloistered. And I was visiting them because I have some good friends who are sisters there. And while I was there, they played this video on religious life. And it's one that is amazing. And I've seen it so often before. Maybe I'll look it up after this and see if it's available online and include a link below. If not, just Google for love alone, religious documentary. It is the most beautiful 18 minute documentary I've like ever seen on religious life. Um, Specifically like as far as sisters go, it is beautiful. And every other time I've seen this in my life, it's made me want to run into a convent and be like, Jesus, my life is yours. But after watching it that night at this convent with my friends who are sisters, There was a line, there was a line that stood out to me and I had never really caught it before. But in it, one of the sisters shared, if you don't want to be a wife and mother, you probably won't make a good sister because we don't give up marriage and children. We just choose them in another sense or something like that. But for sure, the line that just hit me so hard was, if you don't wanna be a wife and mother, then you probably wouldn't make a good sister. And I felt like that was a slap across the face. And when I left that convent that night, it was like God had told me, Morgan, you're not ready for whatever is coming. Like whether it's religious life, whether it's marriage, you're just not ready. Let go. And let me lead. Okay. So I left the comment that night. And I kid you guys not. The next day, the group of sisters that I had applied with called me. And they were like, Morgan, we are so sorry that it's taken so long for us to get back to you. We've just had such a difficult time discerning what we think the Lord wants from you. But last night, with great clarity, we perceived the Lord telling us that you are not called to our community in any way, shape, or form and to consider us a closed door from this point on. Like what? Oh, I couldn't even be upset because I was I was elated. That's the word I always use when it comes to this story. I was beaming. Because if the Lord had told them that, like halfway across the country, the same night that he told me that over here in the Midwest, like only God, only God. And so there was complete peace. And I was like, okay, God, I don't know what's coming, but it's clear that you are leading the way. So the following weekend, I was able to go away on a silent retreat. And I just prayed. I was like, Lord, like, give me direction through this experience. Like, clearly (laughs) this missionary experience was not what's next for me. So what do you want? And I had like very specific things come to mind during that time. And I felt like he told me substitute teaching, working at this coffee house that was going to be opening up in my town And youth ministry, ultimately. Like I thought that was the end goal. And I thought very specifically that I was supposed to be a youth minister in my parish, which has never had an actual youth ministry like paid position. But that's what I thought God wanted. And I thought it was supposed to be me. So because of that... Because of that being my end goal, I stayed in my hometown, which I possibly would have left at that point if I didn't like feel so strongly like, no, I'm supposed to do this thing, so I'm going to wait for that to happen. Well, literally the following week of the retreat, I got a call from my old school being like, hey, do you want to substitute teach for the second grade for the first several weeks of school while their teacher's on maternity leave? And I was like, God send. Yes. Yes, I will. (laughs) So from last August to the beginning of last October, I was a second grade teacher. And it was so fun. But again, it was just like, this is not my calling forever, but this is where I'm supposed to be right now. And again, could see like the ways the Lord was using me through that experience. Literally the week that subbing ended, I got hired on at this coffee house that specifically employs people with special needs and I was able to be a part of that mission from October of 2019 up until very recently and it was amazing again like seeing all the good things that God was doing in me and through me in that time and in that place but I started feeling very restless around Christmas time because even though I knew that God wanted me to be in this place, there was still just this deep longing to do more for him. And when God calls you to do something, even if it is to work in a coffee house or some sort of restaurant industry or something that, you know, the world often tells us, like, is it good enough or some awful lie like that. That's not true. That is a lie. Um, We are all called to do great things with our lives and our jobs don't define us. Our careers don't define us and neither do our vocations because at the end of the day, all of us are simply ultimately children of God. You are a son of God. I am a daughter of God. That's our identity. And that's all that truly matters. But there is also, in reality, a very real call for each of us. And if we're experiencing a restlessness, I believe that's one of two things. First, it is an opportunity to practice gratitude because maybe we've gotten comfortable wherever we are and we're losing sight of how God's working through us and the devil is trying to make us doubt that that's where we belong or that again, it's not good enough for some reason. But I think it's also an opportunity too, to consider, is this where I'm supposed to be? Now, I have done a video already on Frozen 2 and all of the life lessons I gained from it, but one in particular, that I just kept coming back to because the Lord meets me meets me where I'm at and I'm often watching Disney movies because hashtag, like I said, Disney Plus. When I watched Frozen 2, something that just struck me so much was Elsa's first song, Into the Unknown. And I just felt like that was my life song for the last several months because I was like, I'm in this place. I'm in this position. So like, Frozen 2, if you've seen it. Like Elsa, it starts off Elsa's the queen, right? She's the queen of Arendelle. And she believes like this is her purpose and this is her calling. And at the end of the first movie, it was very clear. It's like, yep, she's the queen and she's embraced it. And also she's magic and great. Like that's where she belongs. But at the beginning of the second movie, she starts to wrestle with that. And there is, there is this like real voice calling out to her And in this song, she wrestles with that. And she's like, "I literally it starts off and she's like, I can hear you, but I won't. And how often have I done that with God? Be like, no, Lord, like you brought me here. This is what you want me to do. I'm going to grin and bear it. And for me, for the last several months, it was for the sake of youth ministry. And I was like, nope, I'm supposed to work in this coffee shop. I'm supposed to be a youth minister. Like eventually, however long that takes. So I'm just gonna like suck it up. And all that time, there was, there was this calling out of God being like, Morgan, you're meant for something else. But I didn't know what it was. And much like Elsa in the song where she talks about, I'm afraid of what I'm risking if I follow you into the unknown, that was mean because I was like, Lord, I don't know where else you would want me to go at this point. Therefore, I'm not even going to entertain the thought. So I put my horse blinders on, as we all do, in the spiritual life, let's be honest. And I was like, nope. Youth ministry. <laughs> Youth ministry in this, in this town or bus. Like, that's it. And during all of this, ever since last August... Um, I had had on my heart to like start some sort of ministry in addition to like the youth ministry, the other things I was doing. And I've shared about this in a video too. And what I did, what I felt like the Lord convicted me to do through several really good friends was to start a YouTube channel, which I started August 29th of last year. And just here and there, I would mention it to people. Like if it was on my heart, like when I was talking with someone and I was like, I actually just made a video on that. Like, feel free to check it out. Um, that's kind of all I did with it for the first six months of its existence. Didn't really tell people, was honestly really insecure about it, but would just really have like on my heart, like these talks come to me or these different testimonies that I just felt called to share with people. And at the time I didn't think about them in the sense of preaching or even like teaching. I was just like, I have these talks come to me and I need somewhere to like send them or like share them some sort of platform. And yeah, my friends were like, start a YouTube channel. What's it going to hurt? Like the worst that's going to happen is nobody's going to watch it. And you'll be like, okay, I tried. So I started it. So all of this was happening and then in January uh, or around, yeah, so around Christmas time when I was experiencing that restlessness and in January, I was like, okay, God, like thinking that maybe he was actually asking me to turn the YouTube channel into a podcast for different reasons. So I thought I was supposed to like switch over and I was praying about that, but still like the entire time in the back of my mind i'm like nope still like but youth ministry and then i went on a retreat in january and maybe i've shared this before but for the first time in forever that was not an intentional frozen reference though i just got that too for the first time i felt like i was going on a retreat without anything in mind it wasn't like the retreat last july where i was like you know what lord Give me direction. Like, I really need this thing answered during this retreat. Uh, and I didn't even go in being like, Lord, tell me if you want me to be a sister or tell me if you want me to get married. Like, there was nothing. I just felt like I was supposed to go on this retreat. And I was like, you know what, Lord? Open hands. Open hands like the Blessed Mother. I'm open to you. What do you want of me? And it was awesome, you guys. Because truly... The lead of love came through in that situation. And when I wasn't expecting it at all, there was this talk one afternoon on the retreat, which was also a silent retreat. Those are so good for me. I really felt like God was saying, Morgan, the deepest desires of your heart have always been marriage. Like from the time that you were little, you've always wanted to be married. And you love living in the world, but not of it. Like you love being with your friends and being with your family and there's nothing wrong with that. Like I realized that I was giving into this lie that it was like religious life or nothing. That like religious life was the only real way to give my life in service to God. And when I was able to let go of that, it was so freeing and exciting. And I was like, oh my gosh, like, God answered my prayer. Like, this is amazing. Like, that's okay that I don't have a boyfriend. That's okay that I like, you know, that it's not like, oh, I'm discerning marriage because I'm in this relationship with this person. But just to like understand how I've been created and like what my desires truly are, it was incredible. So that was a very exciting like development in my journey. But at the same time, I was like, cool God so like that's a thing but now <laughs> but like what do I do with that and I was talking with my spiritual director later that month and I was sharing all this with him and he was like okay Morgan that's that's great but you also talk about like going on mission and doing these great things for God so are you like so set on doing that and having a family and I was like honestly, like, Monsignor, is it bad that I have never wanted a job? I've never been that person who felt called from the time she was little to be a nurse or a teacher. That was That's never been me. And I was like, is it bad that I'm honestly just like, in a way, buying my time until, God willing, I meet someone who can provide for our family and I can truly Like, give my life over to my husband and to my children and not have to work. Like, is that bad? Like, is that a wrong desire? And he looked at me and he was like, Morgan, no, that is beautiful. And not enough women desire that. Like, I would so much rather you say that than yeah, I really want a family, but I also want this super prestigious career and whatever. And like, try to balance the two. Now, this is not, again, this is not a dig on like any moms who work. Oh my goodness gracious. Absolutely not. My mom has been a hard worker her entire life. She's amazing. Um, And many, many families nowadays like don't have the option for, um, like only the husband or only the wife to work like so often you have to have two incomes just because of the world we live in and who knows like maybe one day that's not going to be god's plan for me and like i will have to work for the rest of my life and i will do whatever god wants me to do but it just felt so good to like name that desire and be like but this is what i want lord like this not that (laughs) Uh, If that makes sense, sorry. Sometimes I get like overwhelmed by my own story because there's so much. But anyway, and I was just kind of thinking about that. And I was like, okay, Lord. So even if you're not calling me to like some crazy career path at the same time, (laughs) I still am providing for myself. And I know that's important to do. But I also don't want to be unhappy with what I'm doing. I wanted to glorify you, but I don't know what that should look like. So fast forward to about a month later. I had been inspired well before that point to do what's called the Consecration to Jesus through Mary using the True Devotion to Mary book by St. Louis de Montfort. It's just this really powerful way to entrust your entire life to our Lord through our Lady. And there are lots of different ways you can do that. Uh, see links below for the True Devotion to Mary consecration, but also an amazing consecration called 33 Days to Morning Glory written by, I believe, Father Gately. Father Gately? Sorry, I get a lot of priests mixed up. There are just so many good ones. But it is in a link below, so feel free to check that out. But it's just so incredible. And every time I've done something like this, it has tr- it has truly changed my life. But this was the first time I was doing this particular consecration, the true devotion to Mary. And I had heard it was very intense. And I was kind of scared to try it because, or start it because I've had like a lot of friends who have done it and they're like, spiritual warfare is real Morgan. Like the 33 days leading up to this are going to be really hard. And like the devil is going to try to like mess with your mind. He's going to do all this stuff because he doesn't want you To become closer to Our Lord and Our Lady. But I was so convicted, I was like, okay, but I really want to do it leading up to the Feast of the Annunciation on March 25th, because I was supposed to go to the Shrine of Our Lady of Guadalupe in Mexico City to celebrate that feast on a pilgrimage with many close friends, but that got canceled due to COVID. But I didn't know that it was going to get canceled due to COVID. So I was like, okay, Lord, I want to very intentionally prepare for this pilgrimage. And this consecration is how I'm going to do that. So that prayer started at like the end of February. I want to say it was February 21st of this year, 2020, when I started it. Well, within days of starting this consecration, I had a friend reach out to me. And she was like, Hey, I really think you need to pray this novena to St. Joseph for work. But be careful. I hear he works fast. And I was like, what the heck? Like, this is so random. I hadn't been talking to anybody about work. And I don't know. I was just like, God, I don't really get what's happening here. But it's not a long prayer. And I love St. Joseph, so sure. So I start praying this prayer. Literally... (laughs) what happened over the course of the following week was insane, but I'm going to try to hit it all. So trying to think of what happened first. Come Holy Spirit. That Monday at mass, this might've even been the day before I started the Novena to St. Joseph. The gospel reading was from, Oh, it's either from Mark or Matthew. I'll look it up and again, include it below because it was so good. I'd never heard this gospel passage, at least not that I could remember, but Jesus is hanging out with the disciples and they forgot bread again. And he was like, guys, do do not be concerned with the leaven of the Pharisees. In other words, he's like, you're all thinking how the world thinks. Like you need to stop thinking like that. And they all thought he meant it was because they didn't bring bread. And they were like, (laughs) oh, and they were like complaining to each other. And they're like, it's cause we forgot bread. And Jesus kind of goes off on them. And he's like, no, like literally the fact that you think that's what I'm talking about shows that you're thinking like the world thinks I don't need bread from you to perform miracles, or at least not much. And he was like, how many baskets were left over after the first time I multiplied the loaves and the fishes? And they were all like 12. And he was like, yeah. And how many after the second time? And they were like seven. And he was like, exactly. Do you still not understand? Okay. We're going to come back to that reading but just know that it like really hit home with me and I didn't know why or how at first just that last line really stood out. And it was like, do you still not understand? All right. The day after that is when I started this novena to St. Joseph. The day after I started that I ended up going to spiritual direction again. And I had really been praying for clarity and I was just like, Lord, help me to like see your plan for me. Like, if I'm not getting it because of my own like selfishness or my own blindness because again I I still at this point was just so sure I was supposed to be a youth minister here. Well, so the reading of mass that day was the point in the gospel where Jesus heals the blind man, but he has to do it twice. Like he wipes his eyes or puts spit in his eyes. Sorry, I don't remember the exact passage, but like He tries healing him once and the guy can kind of see but he can't see clearly and so it's the second time that jesus wipes his eyes and is like now now can you see and the person was like yes i can now clearly see hence the word clearly and that day in spiritual direction i talked to my spiritual director at length about all of this and he was just like morgan you're and i and he asked me like why i thought i was called to be a youth minister and i told him all these reasons and he was like morgan honestly your reasons are largely selfish i don't think that's actually what god wants for you and it was crazy because i was just like what <laughs> like you're telling me the past however many months have just been like wasted or whatever. And it was like, no, but I don't think that's what God wants of you. And it was like the scales fell from my eyes, kind of like, it was kind of like the guy who the first time Jesus wiped his eyes, he was like, okay, I can kind of see like, okay, it's not youth ministry, but what is it? Okay. So that night I visiting my parents' house and talking to my mom specifically about all of this stuff. And she's like always been trying to get me to um, like move to a place where I have like a more vibrant young adult Catholic community of people my age because God has been so good to me, so, so good to me where I am and I have so many amazing friends who I love so dearly. But your mom's your mom. And your mom can see you in an honest light that other people just can't. And so she's like, Morgan, I just see you somewhere else. And she specifically mentioned Kansas City, uh, which is where like Benedictine is out there about an hour north of it. And I worked in Kansas City for several summers. And for whatever reason, like when she was talking about it that night, like a light just went off. It felt like. I could start to see almost clearly. And there was just like this spark. And I was like, huh, that does actually sound pretty cool. Like going back out there. So that night I talked with a friend who lives out in Kansas city. And she was just like, Morgan, you have to move here. Like you would love it. There's so many amazing resources out here. Like just just really sharing like why she has enjoyed living there so much especially like as a young Catholic adult and yeah I don't know it just still felt like okay that's what I'm supposed to be doing and she was even like I have all of these like job postings that I can send you and you can look into them and whatever and so I was like okay God cool and so I started like looking into all these jobs and I would get so excited about them as I read through them and then I would deflate or I would get really excited about one and think like, oh my gosh, like that would just be such a great way to use, utilize my gifts and talents. And then I would start thinking about all the reasons why I didn't actually want to do that either. And I started getting worried. And I'm like, Lord, is there something wrong with me? Like, am I lazy? Am I just not wanting to do your will? Like, am I not willing to work somewhere that I don't want, but that still is your will? And I went to adoration, this is literally like the same week, okay? It's like the Thursday of that week. And I'm in adoration, and the reading from the Monday comes back to me, the one about don't be concerned with the loving of the Pharisees. And it was like, the Lord was asking me to name my gifts and talents that I've been given. And so many people have told me like, oh, you're a teacher. Like you have such a knack for teaching. And it just became so clear to me it was like the Lord was telling me, Morgan, it's not teaching. Like, you know, that when you were a teacher, you did not care to lesson plan. You did not like following a curriculum. Like your heart was not in an instructional teaching mode. Like that wasn't it. Not in that sense, at least, but preaching in the sense of, like speaking the word of God, speaking words of hope and encouragement, and also using your gift of writing to share the gospel and share the good news of Christ. Like those are your gifts, Morgan. And it was like, he said to me, do you still not understand? Because when I started thinking about like, Lord, well, how do you want me to use them? He was like, we're gonna have literally given you the platform from which to preach. It might be weird, like it might be a little unorthodox, this like a YouTube channel, but he was like, that's already available to you. And do you not think that when I sent out the first apostles and like St. Paul, who talks about like preaching to the ends of the earth, like they would obviously utilize technology nowadays because technology literally gets our messages to the ends of the earth. So God was like, you have this platform, And I've literally given you the name for this ministry. And he had, you guys, it's kind of shameful to admit, but like I've been writing joy and hope in my journals for like the last three years. And I never knew why. And it's kind of funny, but the first reason I ever, like the first inspiration I ever had for this name was because for the longest time I had misheard the name of one of like Pope John's, St. Pope John Paul II's famous writings, um, called joy and hope. And I always thought people were saying joy in hope and it stuck with me. And then later when I realized my mistake, I was like, but I love, I love what I was hearing because for me, this message of having joy in hope shows that, I don't have to know what's coming. I don't have to know my future. I don't know how, I don't have to know God's plan for me to hope in what it, like to hope in heaven, to hope in all the good things that are coming, to hope in one day having a husband and a family that loves God and fulfills those desires of my heart. Like I can have hope in all of those things And still be joyful in that even though I haven't attained it yet and am honestly not promised it and don't ever know if it will come. But that doesn't have to mean I don't live in the joy of that hope or in hope of all good things to come so i started writing it down and i was like lord i feel like joy and hope has a purpose but i don't know what it is and i don't know when it's coming and i don't know when it's going to be realized and it was just like he said to me do you still not understand and literally within 24 hours of that point i had started a patreon account for joy and hope the following week I went to the bank and opened up a business account for the ministry. I (laughs) registered as a small business and am now the small, the sole proprietor of a small business in the state of Missouri. And it just happened so fast, but it just felt like in scripture when Mary goes in haste, like after she receives her call, she just goes, like she knows what she needs to do next. And it just happens so quickly when it's the will of God. That's how it was for me. And it was crazy because literally all this happened within the novena I did to St. Joseph, which was within the preparation for consecration to Jesus through Mary. And I was just like, oh my gosh, like the Holy Family has literally just wrapped me in their arms and taken care of me in a way that I would never have anticipated and never saw coming. But once Jesus was, once Jesus knew I was ready for him to wipe my eyes and help me see clearly, He wasn't going to wait on that. And it's been amazing, you guys. I cannot even begin to describe all of the miracles and all of the glory stories that have happened as a result of this ministry. All I can say is, and this is not just a plug for patrons, I promise, but the lowest membership tier on Patreon currently is $3 a month and patrons get exclusive benefits in addition to just donating because I want to be there for you guys too. So even as just a $3 a month patron, you instantly unlock access to patron only updates every month and these stories are just chock full of what the Lord is allowing this ministry to accomplish and how he has provided for it. and how he is bringing people closer to him through it. Like it is truly a beacon of light in the world. And it's not because of me, it is all him, y'all. It is all him. But if you're interested in seeing some of those things, uh, I would love to share them with you as a patron. So if you become a $3 patron, even you'll instantly unlock access to all of that. Um, And it's just super cool. That's all I'm gonna say. It's been super, super cool to see and praise God for every part of it. But, sorry, this was so long. I'm looking at my time like 53 minutes later. So, sorry, it wasn't so much half an hour, but, uh, you guys, God is just so good. He is so good. And even when, like, you cannot see the plan, or even if he takes, like, 10 years to prepare you, like he did for me, like he did for St. Paul before his first missionary journey, fun fact, uh, to learn more about that story, check out uh, my Instagram highlight called Story Time. You'll learn more there. But God, whether it's 10 years, whether it's 10 months, 10 days, 10 hours, 10 minutes, like, When the Lord prepares you for something, he doesn't take that lightly. And he will never call you to do something that he's not going to have prepared you for and then see you through. And it's not, one of my friends said this to me yesterday, and it's so true. She's like, it is not all rainbows and butterflies. Like, you guys, the two weeks after I started Joy and Hope, were some of the darkest times in my entire life. Because one, the devil, like my friends had warned me, like did not want this consecration to be going well. Like I fell down a flight of stairs. <laughs> um, like so many people close to me suddenly died and it wasn't even due to COVID, it was due to cancer. Um, Just people that I had loved and grown up with in my town. Uh, people who were just like really near and dear to me. Like the Lord was just like, really um allowing satan to like test me to see like how truthful i was gonna or how um yeah how i was gonna hang in there and if i was i seriously doubted my mission for yeah several weeks there and i was so scared that like i was trying to call myself again i was like lord but what if this isn't you like What if it's me putting on my horse blinders again and being like, oh no, I've just always wanted to be a famous so-and-so, like not YouTuber. I never thought about being a YouTuber, I'll be honest. Um, But it's like, what if like deep down, I just want to be famous or now i just like want to blow up the world via YouTube or like be a podcaster because that sounds like super cool or like to do all of these things for like my sake or my glory or whatever. And the Lord... Praise be to him. Like the Lord helped me to see again, clearly He's like, Morgan, you're not perfect. <laughs> I don't expect you to be perfect, but I promise you that like, if I'm asking you to do this, I will provide for you because that's another thing. I still thought like, okay, I'm going to move to Kansas city. Like at some point this summer, um, like, I need to get a job when I get there. And it was like, the Lord was telling me, no. Like, I want you to do joy and hope full time. Like, I can't bless what you don't give me. And I felt like he was telling me like, you can't be concerned with the leaven of the Pharisees. Like, you are still trying to provide for yourself. Like, you're worried, like, but I'm not gonna bring bread or I'm not gonna do this. And I don't know how that's gonna work out. And he was like, I'm going to take care of you. I'm the one that's going to bless and multiply the mission. But I even felt like he told me, he was like, but think about it in scripture. Like whenever I multiplied the loaves and the fishes, first I took the bread from my disciples. I took it, blessed it, broke it, multiplied it. And it kind of felt like in those first two weeks, like, when I gave it over to the Lord, he did take it and bless it. But then yeah, he allowed me to be broken a little bit to remember it's not about me and it's not coming from me, it's all him. And I even thought, okay, Lord, like, but I have to get comfortable first because we're all about comfort. And I'm like, I will, once I move, surrender completely to you. Like once I move to Kansas City, And hopefully like, you know, and making like several hundred dollars a month on Patreon so I can at least pay my rent, like whatever, like then I will like do that full time. And literally, you guys, two weeks after I started this ministry was when the whole COVID thing hit and the coffee shop I'd been working at closed. And God was like, nope. You're going to jump in now. (laughs) It was like Peter and John were on either side of me in the boat and just like tossed me overboard. And they're like, see ya. But it was so good for me. Because again, all of the ways the Lord has provided for this ministry in the past, just let's see. What's today? May 11th? February to March. April, May my gosh it's been less than three months you guys it's been less than three months and God has done so much good through this like I can't even I just I've talked about it for sorry I'm so tired I've talked about it for like an hour now and I'm still just like Lord you're crazy like you're so good like you're so good and I can't not sing your praises like you're so good um That's the story in a nutshell. Not the full length version, or even like the length of a feature, or a feature length film. It wasn't even that long, but this has been long. So kudos to you if you've made it this far. And I'm sorry if it felt like I was just rambling. Whenever I do these episodes, I like really pray like, Lord, what do you want me to share this week and it just felt like he was one having me answer a question i've been getting a lot so that i don't have to keep doing this every time i see someone because it is exhausting that's why i'm exhausted from telling the story but also to just to just assure you wherever you are that god has a plan for you and maybe you know it already or maybe you know it in part But even if you don't, you can trust him. You can trust him and be honest with him. Like when you're afraid, tell him. When you're angry, tell him. Because only after you're honest with him can he take what you've given him, bless it, break it. Which hurts like hell but then it's transformed into something so far beyond your wildest dreams and makes you happier than you ever imagined being. And you will feel like for the first time in forever that you're actually living for what you've been created for. That's been my experience at least all for the greater glory of God. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Thank you guys so much for hearing me out and letting me testify to what the Lord has been working in my life and what he's been up to. I would love to hear stories from you guys though. So if you wanna comment below, with a time in your life, whether current or past, where the Lord has really provided for you or called you to something that you were totally unprepared for, but that made you happier than you ever imagined being, I would love to hear about it. And I would love to have you share so that you can testify to all of our brothers and sisters as well, that God is good and that if he's got us, then we're gonna be all right. So please comment below with your own glory stories and I look forward to hearing them and seeing you back here again next time. God bless you guys. Thanks so much for joining us today on the Joy and Hope podcast where we seek to bring light to the dark. If you enjoy our mission... We would love for you to become a patron on Patreon. Our patrons are what make it possible for us to continue doing joy and hope full time, bringing you the inspiring, creative content that uplifts you to live more joyful, hopeful lives. So please consider supporting us. Thanks so much for being here today. God bless and see you next time.